Hi, and welcome back to What's the Damage companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, World for Damage. We're trying to stay cool here. We hope you are too. So, our heroes, still reeling from a day chock full of capers, the party managed to get themselves healed up a little bit from their fight at the pit um, and set out again, marred with some rather unsightly but apparently benign blemishes uh, all over. Uh, Camping did a little biopsy on one of them. It was kind of gross, but interesting scientifically. Um, yeah, and, and their battle, the previous 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 episode with the mind players had given them a critical clue um, needed to find Lex's missing associate and uh, with Lex along for the ride um, find him they did sadly he was dead um, <laughs> they found his corpse at the feet of a mysterious stranger um, who was able to shed a little bit of light on what the heck had been up with those mind flayers and their weird magic stuff um, but who also ultimately left them with more questions, such as how long has hemomancy been a thing? <laughs> Apparently a while. Um, yeah, so that was exciting. Uh, we'll be talking about that, pondering some of those questions, and then later on we'll be talking about the struggles and triumphs of playing D&D online. As always, stick around after the stream for stuff and links and cool shit. I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage? Welcome back. We've got some exciting guests for you today. We've got Khalil, who plays Baltaim, and then we've got Jake, who plays Oriana. How are you guys doing today? Um, one second, my computer is trying to restart. I have to really <laughs> stop it from doing that. <laughs> I was like, oh God. Um, anyway, so exciting, exciting episode. Um, one mystery down, but many to go, uh, and so much more that your party does not yet know. Do not ask me why I decided to do this question in rhyme, but tell me, what is the damage this time? Ooh. Uh, about 48 heat damage, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Topical. <laughs> topical. Uh, tropical, topical. Anyway, um, so quite a bit happened during the episode quite a bit happened last episode too especially involving your two characters so that is where we will start <clears throat> let's talk about deals oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. uh dealing with deals so um Baltaim, uh his desire to kind of like help out oriana ended up getting him into a bit of a sticky situation could you talk about that um yeah i think that's i mean i feel like that's just par for the course for Baltaim to me I we you've not like yet gone into uh like Baltimore's whole like thing like they're like I like during the whole like the whole situation like when Orion was giving me hints I was like yeah I think right the Ray Queen like this is not I'm talking to Ray Queen is gonna be like a moot point there's like no uh -huh. really good point of talking to Ray Queen I, there's not a lot of wiggle room there uh and um. I, I should have probably just went with my initial uh, 
uh, thought, which is to mm-hmm. like go to uh, Avandra. Um, but we, I mean, ultimately it all ended up that way. Um, but I think that's just kind of par for the course football team. He is willing to do bold and ridiculously stupid things for small, large problems. It's his his method. Yeah. If you will. Um, yeah, so Daltaim is already a warlock, so he has a bit of experience with deals, um, although he's perhaps not a typical warlock. Um, if possible, if you're not going to spoil anything, could you tell us a little bit about like how he came in t- to be into the service of the Raven Queen? Like what what's up there? Um, um we've uh, we kind of been we've kind of he's kind of, he's mentioned it before he's like said mm-hmm. it before like he's it, and then again like nothing like is technically like really like super secretive about like what he's like how like what he's learned what he's done um but he's uh he was um in his point of view wasn't um quite of a useful like um adventurer i guess um Mm -hmm. his um his sister um was sort of like kind of taking him along to like just you know kind of show him like what like this like avandra like thing is kind of like and um when he got the ropes yeah show him the ropes a bit um and when uh whenever uh he got um they got ambushed um, by a bunch of undead, uh, and he was like one shot, like get out of the way, and then like it was basically like she was protecting him more than he was mm-hmm. helping, contributing, um, and that ultimately that waking up not knowing where he was at, not knowing where his sister was at, was ultimately um, wanting to get that power to even just get a chance to even like be helpful and try to get his sister back from wherever mm-hmm. he, he doesn't even know where she's at. So he um, needed somebody's help. <laughs> right. So he just need, he needed help in general. He was having him himself feeling um almost self-deprecating of not like being able to help in any situation so far. Kind of is that kind of like driving driving motivation for him and the reason why he's like I will follow this deal no matter like what what it costs or what it takes basically. Cool. Would you say like a desire to help is a driving force for Baltaim? Because I feel like kind of gets him, one of the things that gets him into trouble is being like, here, I'll help. It is, but it's from a very selfish place. It's from uh-huh. a very selfish, um, like helping strangers necessarily is like, I guess maybe, but like, mm-hmm. it's not really like, if this was just some stranger that, you know, was gone about he might have helped because he was right there like he might help strangers because he's there in the moment like uh i'm not just gonna let someone just get murdered like okay but like i think it's a very from a very like base desire of like this is that's my family i need to mm-hmm. find and protect and, and whatever i can do help any way i can um but yeah i think it's from a, it's it's he has he has selfless selfish acts yeah so he cares, but only about only about the people who's close to him, right. which I think is common for people. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's a very human. It's very thing. human. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not grand and heroic, but it's right. how a lot of us are. <laughs> cool. Although something I did think was interesting was when Valtaim and Oriana were um, speaking about like the deal that they now shared, <laughs> um, the idea of of essentially like using someone else as a taxi to get out of it was brought up and Valtaim came down very hard against that. Um, Yeah, talk about that. Um, That's, that's also, I feel like that's also, that's one of the like selfless part of it, but also kind of selfish of like, Mm -hmm. if you have brought the whatever you've brought on support yourself, you should probably handle it yourself type of thing. Like you need to be, um, be able to handle, you know, handle the blame. Um, and if you can't, you A, shouldn't have not made the deal and, or B, you know, 
you it's tough you got to write it out um mm -hmm. and it's kind of very like against his teachings of Avandra of like freedom and free will like you're basically like saying like we need to move this deal that we've like he's chosen to give up his freedom he's understood mm -hmm. he understood that when he did the deal um but that's that's one thing from doing that and then to try to push it onto someone else where now they have either you're tricking them unless they openly agree to it then that's that's different he's probably been okay with it but like the way it was mm -hmm. kind of brought up it was kind of like someone like let's try to like fly this off someone else um and it yeah, was let's trick that someone been, the way we were tricked right it would it have been kind of a a very like very like hard like slap in the face of his like mm -hmm. the way that, the religion that of Vavandra that he believes in interesting yeah I, I do think it's so interesting that like Altaim serves one god as a warlock and worships an entirely different god yeah yeah very, he's a very dualistic character yeah I'm sure I'm sure we'll see that come up at some point knowing Serenity um but what about what about Oriana she was the one who brought up the option of kind of like passing this deal along yeah, like so you would a bad penny. Um, <laughs> would she have actually gone through with it if Baltaim said yes? And if not, why'd she bring it up? Yes and no. Um, she did not like that idea. Mm -hmm. But she didn't think that At the time, her ideal of breaking this was that she was going to have to prove herself in some way. And this was a, we need to fix this in a few hours kind of situation. Right, so she didn't want to take the risk that, you know, we wouldn't be able to fight of our own accord in the battle. Mm -hmm. So she brought that up as an idea because that was, hey, we're not that far away from the temple. If we find some Joe schmuck on the street, bring him over to the temple, maybe we can get this curse off of us and or this deal off of us, whatever it was, and be able to help our friends. And she didn't like the idea. She didn't really want to do it. But she also knew that if she threw that fight, her relationship with Perry, her relationship with Quinn, her relationship with everybody else in the group would be gone, would just be insalvageable. But would she have done it? <sighs> if she felt like she had no other option, yes, I think she would have. She would have hated herself. She would have never forgiven herself. She probably would have, when the party got to Riverin, just maybe stayed home mm. and stopped traveling with them. Um, but if she felt like it was the only option, she would have. And because she talked to Baltaim, she realized <laughs> it shouldn't be an option. Uh -huh. So she doubled down on her efforts to try and figure out another way around the problem and that's when she started talking to Asmodeus. Or Asmodeus started talking to her, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. would have totally threw that fight, by the way. I was I was just gonna throw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why I thought it was interesting too, because like this fight was not life or death. Like you could have lost yeah. and it wouldn't have mattered. Well Baltaim maybe feels that way, but Oriana was already in in Quinn and Perry's shit list at that point. Yeah, but like hypothetically, is is her is her friendship with Quinn and Perry more important than the life of a stranger? Uh, yes, absolutely. Interesting. Quinn and Perry are her first real friends. The goal the whole made it. Group is her real her first real friends, but. Quinn and Perry especially. Quinn because of uh, what happened in session zero. Mm -hmm. uh, and Perry because she just relates to her so much. And she she thinks Perry is this amazing person. And she wants 
She 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 wishes she could be more like Perry. Oh, cute. Perry would never have even considered doing that, though. No, but again, that was the whole thing. Like in Oriana's head, if I throw this fight with the relationships as mm-hmm. rocky as they are, I won't be able to explain why. They'll just think that I did it. They'll think I'm, you know, throwing a temper tantrum because I don't want to do this or something. It'll destroy my relationships with them. And she did not want that. So that's the only reason she considered it. Yeah, I would have made it, Baltimore would have made it very obvious that he was purposely throwing the fight. Mm -hmm. As obvious as possible. Yeah. Yeah. If if Perry and Quinn were not already mad at Oriana, she probably would have just been like, well, we'll need to figure out a way around this. You know, and then maybe maybe try talking to Asmodeus, mm-hmm. but not really have cared if it ended up being that they had to throw the fight. Gotcha. I do think that's an interesting similarity that um, Beltheim and Oriana have, though. Um, they both care in theory about the world, but mostly care about the people who they're close to. Oh, Oriana definitely cares about the world, but... But not the individuals in it. <laughs> If it's between some Joe Schmuck who... I mean, I Joe mean, Schmuck is part of the world. She was, she was thinking... Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Lawful neutral change? Eh? Uh, uh. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's our description of Baltim. He's like, like he, like he, people die every day, every day. He would mm-hmm. lose his mind if he cared about literally every person in the world. So he's like, oh, I mean, I can only, you know, care mm-hmm. about the people I can see, you know. And some of those people I don't know, so I mean, it's tough yeah. for them. Uh, if they're, you know, need help and I'm in a position to help, sure, why not? Yeah, but, and of course you are both on a grand quest to save the world, so you're not bad right. people by any means, but yeah. it's very little human touch. Yeah. Um, right, so speaking of Asmodeus and Oriana's um, negotiation with him, so Oriana made um, three offers to add Asmodeus um, read potential deals. The first two he just dismissed out of hand. Um, so I was kind of, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about like Oriana's thought process as she was like trying things out and trying to find and trying to figure out like what Asmodeus would consider a good trade for this favor. Oh God, I don't even remember what the first two were. <laughs> I, I, I remember I offered I think you like offer service loyalty. again. Yeah. I, I offered my. You loyalty. offered loyalty, and he was yeah. like, "Well, you said that before. I don't believe you." Then you offered to um, run your country, and he was like, "How?" Oh, that was the other one. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that was the other one. <laughs> He's like, "Where?" <laughs> Where is He's like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she 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 saw that offer. That offer was, "I'll have my friends." but I'll lose my goals. And that mm-hmm. was kind of the idea behind that. She- um, Which one? Uh, ruling her country. Right, okay. Um, she thought that would be sort of the the, e- the easiest option mm-hmm. because she's fine if she has to give up her goals at this point. If her friends can, if she can keep her friendships, you know, she doesn't have to continue traveling the world. She'll settle down if that's what she was supposed to do all along. Um, but she values her friendships more than her own uh, desires of traveling and seeing the world. Um, so that was the easier option. The, the loyalty was the easiest option, I guess you could say, because it, it was something she was planning on doing already. Well, she's done it already, though. She kind Yeah, she kind of like, has. Like four times? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> or five. <laughs> the idea was that... It, she had never like fully committed to him at that point. She had only said, mm-hmm. I will look into your stuff. I will see if it's something I can I can do. And if it is, I will. And that was kind of her offering of, uh, okay, I looked into it. I understand it a bit more. I'm willing to do it. Let's go, let's make a deal. Uh, but he was like, eh, nah, nah. Cause I'm gonna get that anyway. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, yeah, and then the third option was her music and I honestly thought um, when she offered that, she was thinking he would like take her musical talent. That's what I thought too. I thought thought it was going to be like a a Little Mermaid thing. Yeah, yeah. That she she was one hundred percent, and I was almost on the verge of tears while playing. Mm -hmm. 
because that's such a core part of her character is her music. She loves her music. It was the one freedom of expression she had um, while she was in uh, Riverrun. Mm-hmm. Was the the ability to play her own music and all that stuff. It was the one thing her mother didn't care if she did. Yeah, that would be um, an absolutely staggering sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she did not want to offer that. Um, the other thing she thought about offering was her magic, but then she realized, like, what, what would she? Well, we, yeah. What would she be without her magic? Or if she had no magic, she would magic. be of no use to Asmodeus. Asmodeus isn't going to yeah. want that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, she offered up her music instead, thinking, okay, well, maybe maybe I magic will work in a different way or something other than my music now. Um, I legit thought I was going to have to class change <laughs> when I offered that. And I'm I was glad you did. I was so broken. For you. I was so broken you. by that. DM is so freaking good about that stuff and making me think the worst. <laughs> yeah, I, I think but, I had like, I literally had like the Pikachu face when you said music. Like, <laughs> I was, there was like 17 hour things. It's like, oh, you give up your soul. Okay. That's, uh-huh. I mean, that's a soul work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. you know, what's like, when you die, you die. It's whatever. You know, you give up, you know, I thought you were like, maybe give up your like, your like, want for knowledge. I'm like, okay, you know, that won't change like too much. But like you said, music, I was like, wait, hold on. I was like, hold on, wait, what do you mean? I was like, oh, that, okay. that's why it was the third option because you yeah. did not want to risk giving up her music forever. Yeah, I was, um, I was shocked. So then as I was, as I was sitting there basically waiting for Sarani to RP out his half of the conversation, mm-hmm. I was, I was literally on the verge of tears. Oh. Um, thinking that she wouldn't be able to play music anymore. And then she said, uh, or then Asmodeus said, you know, you're going to make a song for your sister because my your music is mine now. You're going to make a song for your sister. You're going to, you know, showing her how much you care about her, how much you respect her, how much you appreciate her. And I'm just like, so like equal parts relieved and just elated that I was literally like, <laughs> I was on the verge of tears. Tears may have started sneaking out. Mm-hmm. A little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Ah, oh, something in my eye. Ah. Oh. Yeah. cutting onions. So, like, how does how does um Oriana feel after receiving her instructions? Like, obviously, she was expecting much worse. So were you in real life. Um yeah. But is, is this still a hard ask, or is this something that she's absolutely happy to do? Oh, she's she's already been doing it. Uh, in the last session, whenever I said she was working on something in her notebook, that's what she's working on right mm-hmm. now. She's working on um, the, uh, the the actual music. She's going to try and put lyrics to it. I'm I'm halfway tempted to try and hire somebody IRL to make a song for Perry. Ooh. Um, I'm I'm just trying to think like what would be the logistics of that and where I should look for things. Um. But uh, yeah, because uh, I have no musical talent. <laughs> I have a friend who sings very well who might be interested if you ever like end up writing lyrics. Uh, if they are willing to write the song, I can write the real li- lyrics. <laughs> Neato. For money, obviously. But, um, oh, of course, of course. I wouldn't. Yeah, I would, offer, yeah, I would offer to pay. Um, cool beans. So. Something that I was very curious about, like during this whole thing, was when Oriana um, offered to lead her country. What does that mean? Like, because I the implication, or that I interpreted at least, was that she would lead her country for Asmodeus. That's a whole country that you're giving over to a god. Is that what she meant? And yes. if not, then and... how how is that a deal? <laughs> She she offered that. It's kind of funny actually because she offered that mm-hmm. both as a test to to see if it was something that he wanted of her, if he wanted her to be this the leader of her country, if that's like what her destiny was supposed to be, and she also was doing it to kind of test him to see if if he really is you know uh, deserving of the bad credit that he has. You know, in in traditional D and D lore, if somebody offered to rule a country in favor of Asmodeus, I feel like traditional Asmodeus would be like, "Hmm, an entire yeah. country of souls? <laughs> yes, please." Um, so she was kind of doing that as a way to kind of see, like, is he really 
you know, because I mean, he's still like lawful evil, I think, even in mm. Serenity's world. But is there a a ultimate goodness to his actions? Is he is he just like, oh, you're going to give me this this thing for free? Yes, give it to me, please. I would love a, a, a country of souls, you know, to harvest and torture for all eternity. Or is he going to just want her to lead her country the best that she can to be a leader? And that was kind of what she was understanding from her, her lessons on it, is that he that leadership is a big part of his worship. Mm -hmm. So if that's a big part of his worship, then Oriana leading her people would be a, a grand example of her following his tenets. So if that's all he wanted from her, then fine. That he's a, he's a decent enough person and she'll take up the mantle of that. And if he wants all the souls of a trill, <laughs> then that's going to just kind of prove to her that he's not who he, he says he was or, you know, rather that, or that he is who everyone else says he is mm -hmm. and that she would have to find some way of fighting him. Cause that's not, that's not, that's not an okay thing in her book. She will fight the gods on that shit. <laughs> Did she actually get an answer to that though? Because what he said was, I don't think you can do it. Yeah. Yes. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, Potentially, he just didn't see a like an actual. Yeah, realistic he was like, "Well, avenue. how are you gonna do that?" Yeah, like, I would love that, but like, what but, path do you have to actually do that? Uh -huh. You know, type of thing. What path well, does Oriana have to take over a country? Is she planning a coup? Is there a coup? Are you gonna do a coup? Um, Jake, are you gonna do a coup? I I don't know if this has come out on. No, this has come out on stream. It's been like, um, mentioned a couple times. <laughs> the um the man she was supposed to marry. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Mm -hmm. Him. You <laughs> know who you're talking. That dude. Yeah. Cade. Cade. Yes, Cade. Cade. Um, he is one of the three leaders of the country. Uh -huh. So if she married him, she would be and in she a coup prime him. position. Right. Got it. Coup. Yeah, probably, yeah, probably, yeah. Coup. Probably not because she doesn't represent, uh, I believe he's the strength of the triumvirate. I remember correctly. Um, no. She doesn't embody that, but she would be in a position to theoretically become one of the leaders. If she killed him. Um, yeah, if she killed is him. that is that how it is that how um, inheritance works in Oriana's homeland? Like it goes to the wife. No, no, it's not like. <laughs> so there's there's two other leaders. If she uh -huh. was the wife of one, she would have a better chance of becoming. But she has to kill the other two, obviously. Um. <laughs> Also, when she saw consolidate, when she, when she when she had her when she had her vision too, the vision of her standing by Kate's side, mm -hmm. um, that to her was a she could be the ruler of a trill, that she could be at least influential in the country mm -hmm. to the point of if not governing, then being influential within the governance. Um, Is that kind of ruling? I mean, it, it could eventually. Hmm. Politicians work their way up. <laughs> Interesting. I do, I do really want to see Oriana at home and see like how she functions in her in her um, native environment, as it were. Because uh, we see, we've seen her as a fish out of water this whole time. I really want to see what she's like amongst other Italian uh, nobles. Yeah. I want her to <laughs> talk no, big shit. I want her to, you know, just balls out, just like you do this, you do that. <laughs> I just want to, I just want her talking mad shit. Yeah, screaming at servants. We don't, uh, we don't, we don't, we we don't need to worry about uh, what it's gonna be like in River. That's that's so far uh -huh. off. We don't need to worry about that for years. Oh yeah, years. I'm sure it'll oh, yeah. never come oh, up yeah. in this campaign. I'm sure, it won't be like the like second place we go after we're here. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, oh, okay. Guys, I lost the talisman. Oh, shucks. <laughs> oh, shucks. Guess we got to okay. take the long way. In fact, let's go all the way around the world. You know, let's just take some sightseeing tours. Yeah, the scenic routes. Yeah. It's not like we're on a deadline or anything. It's all cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, I do want to talk a little bit about the latest episode. So we're going to try and squish this into like five minutes because we went over. Um, awesome. So... 
what was it like being on a mission with Lux again after such a long time? It's been it's been a bit since you worked with her directly. I'm trying to think if we ever actually I mean, worked with her directly, did we? More directly, at least. She, she saved us. We saw her yeah. in Cage Barrow. Oh, so in that case, what was it like being on a mission with Lux? Yeah. Really. Um, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, we it, Perry and uh, Cynic have had more of the interaction and kind of to do with uh, like have interactions with Lex, but uh, it was you know it was good. Someone that was competent and sneaking into houses and stuff. <laughs> Our group is like okay, anti like breaking and entering. We need, we need a rogue so bad. <laughs> oh, you guys. Yeah, Cynric's like the closest thing you have to a rogue, and yeah. he's absolutely not a rogue he's at a, all. And he's a giant of a man. The opposite yes. of a rogue. <laughs> But yeah, it was cool. I mean, like it was, but like I feel like we didn't really, at least the people outside didn't really have like the mm -hmm. like the Lex experience. Yeah. Like she opened the door and then like snuck in. We we're like, oh, that's so fucking cool. She's gone. <laughs> yeah. Wait, were you guys outside for the entire thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was. Wow. Um, I know. Oh, you didn't get to see the ominous. You didn't get to see the ominous NPC. Nope. No, but we were, he was described to us, I believe. Yeah. So. <laughs> Right. I don't know. So, like, were you guys ex expecting, um, I forget his name, the guy you're looking for. Were, I think at this point you were expecting him to be dead, right? Once you found him? Um, I, I had like 99 uh, odds of like 99 mm -hmm. to 1 of finding him dead. Uh, dead was like last thing on my list, to be honest. Oh, really? You were I like thought, in another dimension or something? Yeah, I thought, I thought, um, dead was like, like, was like, it was like, Oh yeah, like very likely dead's on there, but like I was mm -hmm. like, oh he like totally opened like a portal to like whatever mind flares, <laughs> so the actual sea or something like that. Like he yeah. like I thought maybe he was like trapped inside his book, maybe like uh that was like one of my things I had in my like my brain, but like dead was up there, but like that was mm -hmm. like the last thing. Like he could be dead also. <laughs> he could also be dead. It could be something simple. Highly like likely he is dead, but I would want him to be in like a book with like nightmare witches mm -hmm. and stuff and what? <laughs> once we ran across um once we ran across the mind flares i kind of had a feeling mm -hmm. it was dead to be honest i completely forgot that the mind flares could do that until mm -hmm. uh we got it mentioned in that, that uh uh not the last step not the last episode but the one before that but <laughs> yeah i feel like everyone kind of forgets the whole like tadpole thing because they're always focused on like the brain eating thing yeah. Everyone just wants to avoid being their brains eaten, but it's like, oh wait, also they leave like their seed in like your mind, your eyes mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Well, because it's, it's not usually something that happens to the adventurers in D&D. Yeah, it's true. like something that plagues a town because yeah. the adventurers rarely get hit, you know, killed in one shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the plot of Baldur's Gate though. <laughs> Apparently, from what I've heard. Once again, we're not sponsored, but we are open to sponsorships from yes, anybody State, really. <laughs> anybody from really. Anyone really. You know? Anyone really. Like, if you got stuff, we'll hawk it. It's fine. Um, cool beans. Okay, yeah, we're going to move on to the topic for today, which is playing online, which we all do. Ooh. Exciting. Um, yeah, so play, playing online, like through video chat and through World 20 instead of like at an actual table. So my first question is, has everyone here played a physical game of D&D? &D? I assume yes. so. Yes. Uh, yeah, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Cool beans, because I know a lot of people are actually getting into it like through online play. Like my, mm -hmm. my first game was with Serenity. Obviously, we don't live anywhere near each other. I have played real life games since, but my first experience was online. Um, so in the, in that vein, like was your introduction to D&D through an online game or through like a traditional table game? My very first D&D experience was in person. It was mm -hmm. right after high school, right before college. Um, my best friend invited me, I've told this story multiple times, I think, but um, mm -hmm. my best friend basically invited me to come over and play. He had his like level three character and my level like one character just starting out, run through a, a little like haunted house type uh, 
mission and i think it was like second edition i wanted to say mm-hmm. um and then we played a, a a game together with the whole group uh the next weekend i think going into all hours of the night i think we actually went more than 12 hours so it's great but <laughs> i just i just remember being at the boss fight and the turns taking so long that i actually fell asleep <laughs> oh fun um yeah, I'm pretty sure, like 98% sure that uh, my mm-hmm. first experience was at a, uh, was online. Um, and it was, I want to say it was Strahd. I want to say I played Strahd. Mm-hmm. Like, was my first, like, the not, not, sorry, not Strahd, but like the Death House. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, pretty cool thing. Was like my first introduction to D&D. Cool. Were you playing with friends or just like people you had met online? Um, it was people I met online, um, uh-huh. but I knew the DM. Gotcha. Yeah. Neat. Um, so since we've all like done tabletop and virtual tabletop, what do you think the major differences are between playing like face-to-face and playing over video chat or voice chat or however you do it? Um. I think for me, um, for me, it's a little bit different because the 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 tabletop games I've played have been like more of like directly people I know, like like, mm-hmm. like close friends or family. Um, so it's a little bit less of a like a we're playing this game and we're like how sociably drunk can we get and like also uh-huh. roll <laughs> dice and also like talk shit to each other and like and like you know uh-huh. six hours. Um, but um, online, it's a, it's it's more more formalized. Be, yeah, more formalized. Yeah. A little bit depends on the group, but uh, most of the times it's a little bit more formalized. Um, and you kind of want to like make sure everyone's has their kind of moment and spotlight because you can't kind of can't kind of can't read the room as well. Because you're not like right next to them, like see like oh like they're about to say something or actually like be quiet or like stuff like that. Um, so you kind of like like just a little bit of more like your turn, my turn, like their turn. I think. Um, I mean, it's going to be weird saying this because most of D and D that I play is online. I I don't have any in person groups anymore. Like who does with COVID? I guess. Um, but. Uh, I don't particularly enjoy, I shouldn't say it like that. I significantly enjoy in-person more. Um, it's it's a lot easier to play the game, quote unquote, when you're in person. You know, if it's, if, uh, you know, the party has split up, then the active part of the party works with the DM with what's going on. The other group can get together and talk a little bit, either strategize or, um, you know, just shoot the shit. Right, you can go into into whispers in real life. Yeah. Ca- yeah. Ca- casual, casual snide comments of the, oh, I know why the DM picked that monster. Uh-huh. You, know, like, you know, stuff like that. You can have fun with it. You can have all that little extra bit of fun, which isn't to say that you can't have that in virtual D&D, online D&D. Right. It's just, it's a lot harder because you're all in the same chat room. Mm-hmm. You use the same method of communication to, to like, you know, communicate if the guys, my mic's having troubles or something. Can you guys hear me? Blah, blah, blah. As the, oh, I know why they picked that monster. You know, it, it's, you can't really get away with doing it because it distracts everybody mm-hmm. um, at that point. Um, and just there, there's, as much as Roll20 is an amazing tool for simulating a battle map and it, it quote unquote, easier to get various settings and uh, ideas out for your battle maps. A, a, a real battle map with real minis, it just hits different, you know? Just having a, your own little mini that you made, you know, and painted and set up on the little table, you see them in that position. Yeah, I've got my... I've got my um, mini that Sereni made for, our, for all of us from her old game over on the shelf. <laughs> Lilla Della. Um, but yeah... Yeah, honestly, 
to be quite honest, I also prefer in in-person games. I don't have any currently, obviously, because of COVID and other reasons. And also, my only D and D friends right now are you guys. Um, Maybe I'll go to another local shops. Um, but anyway, I do also prefer in-person games because one of the major struggles I've always had with like playing online is it's so hard sometimes to get a word in edgewise. And some things are time sensitive. So you're like, cause because everyone's like, you can't do a size and you can't really go back and be like, well, I wanted to do this right. at that point. You can a bit, but not that much. But sometimes like you have to interrupt people. And I always feel so bad, like barreling over people to be like, hey, I'm doing this. <laughs> right now yeah. there, is there's, there's been like so many times in this this campaign specifically this like in every campaign i've been, been in like i'll like like want to say like i want to cast a spell because i feel like there's some type of thing going about to go on mm -hmm. and like right before i am like trying to cut in like it's like the deal's like all right roll initiative i'm like god yeah you're like wait no i want to do this <laughs> gotta be so fast in the draw yeah. and like and i'm like oh, god damn it yeah, and like with, obviously this is like the same when you have like Zoom meetings and stuff, it's just extremely awkward to, like you don't, you don't have the same like natural flow with uh, in-person conversation because you can't see people's bodies. You can't like sort of signal to people um, that you're about to talk because they're not necessarily looking at you because, um, you know, everybody's looking different ways from the cameras. They might even not be looking at the cameras. Um, but yeah, but like on that line, what do you think some of the other like major hurdles are when, when playing online? Um, I mean, other than like, like some, like to going back to what Jake had said, like certain like, like audio things, like having good internet connection, having decent audio sounds if you're like webcamming decent web you know uh web uh picture um like those kind of like hardware type of things are kind of like it's kind of a hurdle too because some people like just either don't want to or can't like shell out to like for a hobby necessarily to mm -hmm. like try to update these things at a you know at a certain level um they might have like a minimum standards that they can have for themselves um i mean that's that's kind of like a, one of the big things kind of like a barrier between like just kind of casually playing uh and you know playing online i feel <clears throat> uh yeah that's definitely one of the bigger issues the uh the big issue i've noticed with online play um is not this is not, is not what like everybody says about people get distracted and phones and things like that i mean that's an issue mm -hmm. that happens at the table though too it's just it's less of a problem at the table because you're in the same room so it's easy to get somebody's attention back or you know mm -hmm. something like that um but the problem i notice is that real life tends to get in the way um when you're in when you're at a, at a place at a table that is what you are doing that is that is where you are but when we're playing from our homes whether it's because of covid or because the distance is too great for people to meet like for us life gets in the way you know um jay's power going out for example uh, it's happened once or twice um to him where the power's just been out in the area so he can't play mm -hmm. even though he's ready and able to play that day he he just can't um I myself have had to cancel um, our Wednesday games for the last two weeks because of school stuff. One, because uh, the first week, because um, of a meeting I had uh, that was going to be around the same time as when we start. And then uh, last week, because senior grades were due. So even though I really wanted to play at that point, and this is more so because of virtual learning and all that stuff that's been going mm -hmm. on, rather than the specifics of we're playing online, I just didn't have the time to prepare for that. Whereas if we were to go to a physical table, like I'm here, this is what I'm doing. We're focused. We can have our game. Interesting. So uh, do you guys like have any advice for overcoming some of these hurdles? Like what can you do? Uh, set, set aside time to make sure you, you, you have everything you need. Um, yeah. <laughs> obvi obviously, like I'm with the Jay's power going out, probably you can't account for that really. But mm 
um, you know, you can make sure that you have as few distractions around you as possible. You can make sure, um, you know, you, you have your notes ready to go and things like that. Um, you don't need to worry. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with this. I was starting to trail off. Um, I would say, I would say to, to that point, um, because I mean, even like, I mean, this, this happens in real life tabletop dd mm -hmm. too sometimes your car is broken down so uh, like things happen in real, real life too you know sometimes you can't make a real session um but i think um having like making sure like hey we're gonna play fridays at this time and if it's this is too much we'll do like we can do bi-week like we'll have bi-weekly mm -hmm. you know and if it's like you know shorter condensed like maybe three hours out of four or five you know like making sure like the allotted time is like good for everyone and like there's no issues that they can foresee because I mean there's unlike there's always going to be issues that you can't foresee um but I think having like a lot of times where you're making sure like you make sure like this is good for everyone if you and and there's also like you can like if you see that this person every session is coming in late like an hour late maybe say hey let's let's have our sessions be from from instead of eight to not straight to ten or eight to eleven It'll be mm -hmm. nine to 11. So we just, it'll be like a little shorter, but we just, you know, we'll just try to, you know, keep going with the shorter because now we can just have everyone there to make sure it's just kind of like, a, you know, a group effort. Um, I think that could help uh, fix some of those um, certain like things that kind of things you can control uh, because mm -hmm. you can't really control like, you know, internet going out or power stuff like that. Um, but that's just kind of how life works though. Yeah, we're all at the whims of the weather. You can have a snow day too and not be able to go yeah. to an in-person game. Um, so Jake mentioned this. Um, do you think like uh, getting distracted or lack of attention is more of an issue in online games than it is in in-person games? Um, I think I think for me, I don't know. I'm not sure. I've, I've mm -hmm. had so many. I've, I've, I've had a few like in uh, life games, but I've been, I was the DM of it, so mm -hmm. it's kind of hard for me to. So you have to myself. pay attention if you're yeah. the DM, yeah. Um, but I have like a bad case of ADD, um, uh -huh. so like I like I need to like I'm most times like I'm like fidgeting and I'm like under my desk here or like I'm like I'm like you know tapping on my phone, so like I can mm -hmm. get distracted. Like the thing is though, I, I I'm never like fully distracted. I know it's under like here, like you know what's going mm -hmm. on, so I can always kind of easily jump in into something that's going on. Um, but it's like, if you were like, just kind of looking at me, I feel like, uh, like from a different person, you could like, you would see like, oh, he's kind of distracted. And like, sometimes like I'll, like, sometimes I, I will get like a little bit distracted. I'll like, like not hear something, but mm -hmm. I'm, I wasn't sure if like I misheard that or like it was said wrong, like something that was said like weirdly. So I was like, make, I try to get like, I was trying to get clarification. Cause I know yeah. that's something I, I struggle with is sometimes it's not like being focused. So I'm like, I'll try to make sure I get clarification so I know what's like, I'm for sure like this is what's going on. Yeah, no, I feel that I have audio processing issues too. Yeah. What the fuck is anybody <laughs> saying? So it, 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 for me, I think um, it, it can be um, a little bit more easily because you're on your computer, you can just like, I'm going to Google what's this dude, what's blah, blah, yeah. blah, you know? Um, so I feel like it could be. Um, easier to be distracted on online tabletop games for sure um for me i mean i've, I've got similar problems because I've, I've got adhd pretty badly um for me in an in-person like i i always my brain always pretty much needs to be doing two things at once mm -hmm. like i can i cannot focus in on one thing Unless it's like watching a movie for the first time, and then I get so you know drawn into it mm -hmm. that I, I, it's it's got my entire focus. But playing D and D, for example, like in person, I can talk to the person next to me and strategize about something. I can look mm -hmm. at if you know a, the in person game I was a part of had really intricate like uh, Dwarven Forge three D maps. You know, so I could go around the table and kind of like look at it and try and get a better idea mm -hmm. of how to visualize things. So the dis the distractions I would have in person were usually productive towards the game because I could satisfy that, okay, I'm listening to what DM is telling us, but I'm also getting information from other players. I'm getting there's more stimulation. There's, there's more stimulation going on. 
here again you suffer from that problem of well i can't really talk to the other players because that's going to distract from them from what's going on on their end or we're going to be causing too much cross fire Mm -hmm. with you know all the other players um so one thing i've found is um having something mindless to do something that doesn't take your focus um or or rather is something that you can if, if you're like me something that you can focus on without having to divert brain power to um something that really works for me is having like little minecraft solitaire up it takes no oh, brain power for me to play solitaire and that allows me to sort of audio and audio focus in onto the in, you know what's going on in the game um so sometimes if I like feel myself getting too distracted, if I'm like switching over to Twitter, I, mm. I instead I, I stop, go back to the screen. I've got the screen up, I'm listening in, and now I've got, okay. Uh, I cast this thing. You know, I, it, it's actually really strange. And I, I, I would, I'm curious to hear what Serenity thinks because I told her when I started doing um, solitaire in the background so that she knew. Mm. Um, I'm curious to see if, if she feels like my timing in combat has gotten better, because that's usually when I'll open up the solitaire, because I usually end up being at the bottom of the roster. Mm-hmm. So yeah, even if definitely. I'm like paying attention to like each turn, like by the time I've formulated my plan on turn one and it's turn 10 where I finally go, like my entire plan is changed. So yeah. I just end up having to do something completely on the fly anyway. Whereas now I don't have to, I, you know, I can have that going on in the background. I can like look at them, have the map up, see where everybody's positioned, see where I'm coming up. Oh, two more guys. And then it's my turn. I should really focus in here and make sure I know what I want to do. Okay. This is the battlefield situation. This is the spell that'll work the best. Cool beans. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I don't think anyone 100% pays attention in combat. You can't really. It's just too much. Um, uh, so we've been kind of ragging on online play. What do you think the upsides are? Like obviously accessibility is has been um, expanded dramatically since like the advent of Roll20 and other sites like that. Um, I would say uh, like I, uh, Jay had said something earlier that I disagreed. I disagree with. I feel like um, because like you're on the internet, like map selection is literally at your fingertips. It's vast. Mm-hmm. Like there's you can on the fly map tools like very easily on and on like roll points stuff like that because you just like while your players are like still talking because players talk for hours you let them uh you can be like oh they're going into a crystal cave you can like crystal cave maps <laughs> boop yeah i've had this planned the whole day <laughs> Not are you impressed you know? i knew yeah. i knew you're gonna do that i knew i've yeah. known for weeks <laughs> <laughs> I just like copy paste the tokens I was gonna have for this fight into this map. There we go. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give roll twenty that you can you can really make maps like within yeah. uh, just a couple of minutes if you're really if you're really quick with it. Um, that's definitely one of the good things about it. One of the other good things um, we talked about how life can get in the way sometimes because you're at, you're in your own home and whatnot and stuff can mm-hmm. just happen in the background. Um, but that's also a a good thing about it in a way. The big problem I've always had with in-person sessions, schedules, schedules, schedules. Nobody is free at the same time on the same day ever. But, hey, can you guys take three hours out of your day to sign into an app or go onto a website? Yeah, Mm -hmm. we can do that. That's so much easier. That is probably the best part, second best part of uh, online D&D. The first best part being obviously distance yeah we would never be able to have a game together like jay and i are probably the only well laura and chad are the two closest individuals but they don't count because they're married they're all one yeah they're married yeah um but even jay and i like that would be kind of a stretch to find like a time that we could meet up Uh because it's la you know you're talking two hours 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 traffic for even if you're like 10 like 10 minutes walking distance anyway exactly exactly Yeah, I think um, that I feel like um, like accessibility for sure. I feel like also it's um for me it's easier. I like I like a it's I don't know I don't know how like it's a very 
I don't know how to describe it. It was very like a, mm -hmm. I don't know, like a RPG or like statter type of thing in me. Like I can like click a button, level up my character, like, you know, see it's the numbers. Fluctuate. Yeah, it's like, it's more like gamey, I feel like, but like mm -hmm. still like has that. More like, video gamey. Yeah, like I can like, oh, I can see my number went up this and then I can like click on like, oh, what is this? thing do is like looking yeah. in a book kind of like type of it thing. is very nice how roll 20 does your math for you i have always yeah. appreciated that you can kind of like drag and drop items and stuff like yeah. that like I, like that's it's very like old like computer game like mm -hmm. Baldur's gate old like diablo like gamey type of thing where i can like drag and drop things and like feel like my character i have like that that completionist thing where like oh my character is mm -hmm. getting stronger type of thing instead of like i can like instead of writing it down like you know Oh, I guess like there, there's apps now that kind of have that, give that tabletop, like in, in life tabletop, that same feeling um, okay. now too. Um, but I feel like that is definitely a, a, like a weird thing that's like, for me, that's like, I feel better because of this for some reason. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. I think some people do like hybrid games now where they'll like, they'll like be at a table, but they'll have like Roll20 open on their computers at the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen like tables with like legit like screens set into them. And, like, uh -huh. They have like Roll20 or like, you know, uh, Forge or whatever. Yeah, or like D&D uh, Beyond, whatever. Yeah, and then I have it in the middle of the table and they'll have like maps and stuff they can like That's cool. send from their phones and stuff like that. Yeah. And have like, they have like NFC chip minis that they'll like can like place on it and like they'll like go on it. Like I've seen them with like some like sweet decked out uh, like uh -huh. hybrid stations and stuff. That is super cool. I'm waiting for someone to have like one of those little, uh, what are they called? Like hol like hologram tables, like they have in in like sci-fi shows. Oh yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. yeah, I'm waiting for that. Like those for Google D &D. 3D tables. Yeah. Obviously, those aren't widely available to the public at the moment, but someday I have faith. Yeah. Someday we'll have those little little 3D things. Okay, it'll be cool. Um. So I think we have time for like one more question. So when it comes, we've been talking about like playing um, in person versus versus online. What's it like running in person versus online as a DM? I feel like in person there is a lot more hurting, like cat hurting. Um, <laughs> There's definitely a lot more physical hurting because going on. In person takes like a three hour session and online takes like eight hours in person because like there's all there, there's there's like it kind of blends into like we're talking but also like we're mm -hmm. like playing the game or we're not playing the game like that catching up hanging out, out. Yeah. yeah and like you'll eat at some point and then it's like like you know it just kind of gets a little bit like stretched out the time dilation of like in person mm -hmm. and you kind of like have like all right come on guys let's blah blah or, hey i need you, you go guys sleep go some I need, yeah i need to talk to someone someone here um and then kind of online so let's it's it's there is, you know, there's always hurting in general. You need to like, okay, mm -hmm. let's, you know, you guys have been talking for an hour. Let's come on. Um, but uh, it's definitely a little bit less of a, of a like herd mentality. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned that earlier. I do think you're right. Like when it comes to online games, it's more focused on the actual game than it is on socializing, which is either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on your taste, or it can right. be both too. Yeah, I would agree with that. That mm -hmm. it's when you're in person, it's it's a social event. Mm -hmm. You know, usually people like bring food and stuff, so you're like having having a meal together while you're. Yeah, you don't have to worry about crunching into your mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any thoughts about like DMing online versus in person? Uh, I think it's a lot easier to dm online than it is in person mm. just because it's a little more hectic because you probably got like a million tabs open you know you got your notes in this tab you got your game in this tab you got your call in this tab and all that kind of stuff and you're going up between all four of them at the same time but you do have just this one thing to look at you don't have to like pick up that bit unless you do physical notes for it um, you, you don't have to go through that notebook and go back to, uh, okay, here uh, it is right here. You could just go to your Google Doc and click, oh, uh, session six. Okay, here we go. Yeah, this is what happened. And uh, yeah, it was this character. That's the guy that you were talking to, blah, 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 blah. So it, it, it's a little more 
it's all in one place, which I guess, depending on how you look at it, could be a good or bad thing. But for me, that's a good thing because it's all right here, right in front of me. Oh. <laughs> cool beans. Um, and that has perfectly taken us to the end of our time today. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Another one of our exciting episodes where we talked about nerd stuff for an hour. Um, thank you. Uh, God, I'm so hot. Sorry, I'm getting distracted by how sweaty <laughs> I feel. Um, thank you to the viewers for tuning in once again on this lovely sweltering Tuesday. Make sure to tune in next week for whatever we talk about next week. Um, make sure to tune on Friday for the next exciting um, episode of Roll for Damage. Check out our Twitch. We've got a couple of our old episodes up there. Check out our YouTube, we've got all of our episodes up there um, for this show and Roll for Damage. Um, I think we have a Patreon now, which you should definitely check out. Uh, not Can't speak on what the rewards are, but I'm sure they're extremely cool. Check out our Discord. There's information about the Patreon on there, as well as memes and us. Uh, we're very funny and friendly. Uh, thank you to Sunbird and Lady Meows for doing us a beautiful logo and a um, auditorially beautiful theme song. Is that correct grammatically? I don't know. Um, and I hope you have a great night. Stay cool. Bye. <laughs>